Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. We're joined now by tech expert Andy O'Donoghue. Andy, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Gavin. There's been a row going on for a long time between, on one side, Apple and Google, and on the other side are people who make apps. So what's been going on? Well, this has been going on for quite a while. I think it was 2008 that Apple first mandated this sort of uh, policy that they had. And the gist of it is that when you purchase something from inside an app, so whether you're using an iOS app on an, on an Apple device or more recently an Android device, um, and you're buying from the Google Play Store, when you buy something, 30%, generally speaking, 30% of what you pay goes to the provider of the platform. And so that's Apple or Google. So, Gavin, it's very good money when you consider the amount of money, <clears throat> say, for instance, that Apple turn over via their App Store. Estimates are for, I think, for 2020, that Apple turned over about $72 billion. This year, it'll be closer, or next year, it'll be uh, closer to 85 or so. So it's a lot of money at stake. However, this week, a remarkable move happened of all places in South Korea. And the South Korean parliament have approved a bill at making it the first country that curbs what Google and Apple can do. And so what it means is that in, though, in, in South Korea, those companies will have to give the people buying apps an alternative payment mechanism, which means that the people who make the app don't have to pay the 30% commission. Yeah, because that's been the justification, really, hasn't it? Or, or at least in part, that the system you're using to make payment is designed by Apple or Google. They're providing it to you. They're helping you to, to take money in or whatever. So why wouldn't you give them a cut when they're giving you this payments processing system? Yeah, and, and I suppose, you know, it does sound, okay, so certainly commission sounds fair enough. I think where things began, began to unravel somewhat was 30% is quite a lot. And if you have a particularly successful app, in a single month, some analysts estimate that if you have a game launch, very popular game, let's say it launches in the middle of summer, kids are on holiday, it could generate 20, 30, 50, maybe a hundred, as much as $100 million in a very short space of time. Now, whether they generate 10 million or 100 million, Apple's platform is pretty much the same thing without a huge sort of additional requirement um, for downloads. So it's kind of easy money has been the argument. The problem first started probably um, Epic Games got involved um, uh, with a, a, a very tense case with Apple. About this is the, the maker of Fortnite, very popular Fortnite, game. Exactly, yeah. And so Fortnite, and they were, they were really annoyed about this and they wanted to give people on an alternative. But interestingly, it was prob probably the most important um, decision by a company rela relating to this was by Tinder or the uh, Match.com who own Tinder. Because a, a Tinder subscription in this part of the world probably costs maybe over 100 euros a year. And they were really, really, you know, a couple of years ago, they started looking at this, I think back in 2019. And so what they started doing was offering people the ability to subscribe elsewhere, subscribe on the web. Netflix, for instance, have also uh, started doing this as well.
well. Now, Apple and Google did respond some time ago saying that they would lower the commission rates um, up to the first million dollars of revenue. So essentially, that was sort of sort of fostering uh, burgeoning app developers with new apps that weren't going to make a whole lot of money and they're lowering their commission. But for the big companies, it's a significant saving. But Gavin, it really is. I mean, it does mean that South Korea have probably prompted Apple and Google to really rethink their business model. Yeah, and I mean, we should delve into it a bit further as to why this 30% commission is problematic. I mean, these guys, if you're an app developer, Apple and Google, is it fair to say that they're pretty much the only game in town in terms of getting your app into the digital hands of users? Well, I... Almost uh, exclusively apps will be surfaced. Um, you know, you have companies distribute apps a different way, kind of what's what's described as a, a enterprise distribution. So IT departments can actually provision your, your, your uh, phones with um, company built apps. But generally speaking, yes. And, you know, being maybe voted app of the uh, app of the month or um, Google's editor's choice award makes a huge difference to an app. And helps it succeed. And Apple's argument, Apple were perhaps more vocal in their response. I think they issued a statement on Wednesday. And their point about this, their response is that it will sort of, it, it, it'll impact customers in a number of ways. For instance, exposing them to potential fraud. And that's probably true because Apple's system is so secure. It also says that things like parental controls will become irrelevant because, you know, younger kids may be able to buy apps um, without using their parents' phone um, or, or a phone that their parents have set parental controls on. So there is an interesting response from them about this. But I suppose what we have seen, nobody expected, nobody expected, um, uh, even Apple themselves, thought that the App Store would be so successful. And of course, it has turned into this tremendous source of very high profit revenue. Yeah, now I'm going to delve into the future of that in just a minute. But just to return for a second to the points that, that Apple made there, I mean, I'm kind of it is kind of laughable in one sense. They're on about yeah. protecting people from fraud. I mean, that's fine. It might be true, but it doesn't mean you have to take 30% commission. I mean, you could just lower your commission and, and still protect them from fraud. So I, I'm not really sure I I buy that. But um, I mean, it does seem clear, Andy, that they're, they're, they're pretty well folding on this in a lot of ways. I mean, you, you mentioned there that they put in place these new rules to sort of give the, the small developers a break. And I can see now as well on, on Thursday of this week, the news breaking that they're, they're going to start making an exception for what they call reader apps. So these are things like Netflix or, or Spotify or a media mm. company, perhaps, where they're saying these guys will now be able to link out of the app store to an alternative payment mechanism. Uh, it seems, though, Andy, that games, which are the most lucrative of all uh, and in-app purchases, they'll sort of be stuck with the old rules. Yeah, it does seem that that's the case. And of course, they are the sort of apps that generate a lot of revenue very fast, you know, and games go through a very transient sort of success window. And, uh, you know, um, you let's say Instagram television um, can expose an app to a new audience. Somebody sees a celeb playing it. And the next thing you know, you have an angry bird sensation on your hands. But that might only last for two or three months. And the money that they uh, that they can generate from the app can be uh, significant. It does seem like they're going to be stuck with it. Uh, the, the point about the reader apps does make sense because, you know, why should 
big tech companies be earning 30% of the revenue um, for creators who are doing all of the creation themselves. But I think uh, what's interesting about the, the this South Korean bill is that, you know, South Korea and the US are, you know, very um, uh, allied partners in a number of ways. Um, you know, people have been suggesting that maybe the Biden administration may be able to intervene some way. But given um, the uh, given the approach that the new administration in the US is taking to big tech, I think it's very unlikely. And I think, Gavin, to be honest, that the South Koreans may well have done the Biden administration a favor. Yeah, well, once it's in South Korea, it's easier to do it elsewhere, isn't it? And uh, there's sort of, sort of talk of the, the EU looking at doing something similar as well. Our guest here on News Talk is tech expert Andy O'Donoghue. Let's talk a bit more about these app stores then, because these are pretty lucrative operations, aren't they? And and, and if you look at a, a company like Apple, which is so famous, of course, for its hardware, I mean, really, the software side of things is becoming pretty hot for them as well. Yeah, it is. And, you know, um, the story goes that the app store, Apple's app store was created only to provide Apple built apps from day one. That's how Apple envisaged that this would work, that you would buy an iPhone or an iPad, they would make the apps, you would buy, download some for free, you'd pay for some, but they would control everything in the app store. And like many good ideas, of course, that um, that sort of gave way to the suggestion that, well, hang on a minute, you know, we're software developers, we can make apps, can we put them in your store? Apple thought about it and they said yes. And so nobody saw the success coming and um, the next thing we know, you know, we turn, you know, we turn, like I said, Apple may do $80 billion of uh, revenue in the App Store, which is a remarkable amount of money. And Google's Android Store, pro- not as lucrative, but probably increasingly uh, so and not that far behind. But, you know, around the world, we have so much pressure on big tech at the minute and an awful lot of attention. Um, you know, it used to be about privacy. And now the approach is very much about the finances of big tech and the app stores are sort of the first thing that we're seeing being examined. The South Korean case in point um, is one. But in Australia, Gavin, at the same time, also this week, the Australian government is now considering new laws that would uh, tighten the regulation on the payment services provided by Apple and Google. So that's Apple Pay and Google Pay. And their point is, what they're considering is that big tech has grown up outside of uh, regulation in one way. So they offer payment services. You can go to the till in a shop um, and pay with your Apple Pay or Google Pay uh, um, function on your phone. And yet they're not, you know, they're not card issuers. What the Australian government are considering doing is to bring them in uh, to some of the legislation that governs payment processors or that governs payment processors. So there is a concerted effort by governments around the world to start to slowly bring the walls in around big tech. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. There's no doubt, I think, is the big challenge facing all these guys over the next few years. We've seen the Federal Trade Commission, for example, uh, they're pursuing a case against Facebook. They're saying they're a monopoly, basically, when it comes to uh, personal networking uh, or, or, or whatever you want to call it. So uh, lots of bi- big challenges ahead for all of these companies in the regulatory sense. I want to just ask you briefly, though, where these two guys go, Apple and Google, 
in terms of strategy and growth. And Apple, uh, which is your alma mater, Andy, you, you worked there for a number of years. A lot of kind of think pieces over the last couple of weeks about Tim Cook sort of being 10 years in the job and a lot of people saying, <clears throat> where do they go from here and, and where do they go post Tim Cook maybe when he leaves in, in uh, I think people are saying maybe 2026 could be uh, the year of his departure. Yeah, uh, it certainly is an interesting thing to consider. I can't believe that it's all that, you know, we're already talking about Tim Cook leaving Apple. Um, I remember him coming to Cork often when he was head of worldwide ops. And, um, you know, I, I think his record as CEO has absolutely been remarkable. Um, the shareholder value that he's brought to Apple has been incredible. Um, and, you know, where does Apple go post Cook? I, I don't think we should think about him leaving until he's got a couple of things done or in the bag, so to speak. Um, I don't think Tim will launch uh, the Apple car. I think that's that's turned into a very long term project. But I do think that his legacy, unquestionably, he wants to be around healthcare and the evolution of the Apple Watch and that, you know, AirPods are now practically doubling as a digital hearing aid. Apple Watch probably very soon will be able uh, will be increasingly attractive to people who suffer from diabetes and i think tim will want to see one big product launch with his name on it and that will unquestionably be i think next year or early 2023 which will be the augmented reality glasses and eventually which will turn into spectacles but i do think cook has a lot more to do gavin before he goes Google is sort of a bit more boring uh, in, in terms of what they're doing, but got to say, Andy, they're very effective, uh, obviously, with these digital advertising capabilities that they have. Well, it is. And, you, you know, uh, oh, this week it was interesting. The activity, you know, as, as the stock market continues to hit new records, the Nasdaq doing so well. And people there around uh, Wednesday or Thursday started talking about defensive plays coming into tech. And so people, in a sense, were stopping the speculation on um, on smaller tech and were starting to invest increasingly or move their profits into companies like Google. And Google remains, um, you know, truly a remarkable company. Um, their advertising platform right now is unbeatable. And, um, you know, um, the advertising spend, is it is going to be between Google and Facebook for the next number of years and increasingly on mobile. And, you know, as the owners of the Android operating system or the guardians of the Android operating system, it's very hard to bet against Google for mobile ads. OK, we leave it there. Tech expert Andy O'Donoghue, thanks very much for being with us. Thanks, Gavin. Taking stock on News Talk. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling.